0: Four years ago, today,
1: Andre started his great college adventure,
0: and that led to a lifelong friendship. Get ready to meet someone special, today, on the Weather Jazz Podcast. It's fun. Friday. And it's a great Friday because it's September. Welcome to Weather Jazz, a world audience podcast about anything and everything, weather, science, earth, science, and a whole lot more. Today's the whole lot more because it is Open Line Friday. I am the host and the creator of the Weather Jazz podcast, Andre Barnier, and I'm the senior meteorologist on staff with WJW Television in Cleveland, and this is episode number 234-234 for Friday, September 3rd, 2021. And yes, as you heard Isabella Russell from Music Radio Creative just mentioned, September 3rd is a special date, at least in my history, because it was 44 years ago today That my family was escorting me from southern New England up to northeast Vermont, the northeast kingdom, to a wonderful town called Lindenville. And that is the seat of Linden State College. And that's the place that I got my degree in meteorology. I started my four years On September 3rd, or at least settling in, classes didn't start that year until September 7th. Again, always the Wednesday after Labor Day. And that's a real shame we've gotten away from that for a number of reasons. But uh, I think we could all count on the fact that it was always the Wednesday after Labor Day that classes began, whether it was Elementary school, middle school, high school, college, universities, it didn't matter. It all started at the same time, and you all did it together across the whole country and across the fruited plain. So that gave me a number of days to get ready. Of course, that Saturday morning, September 3rd, 1977, was the day that I got settled in, found out where my dorm was going to be. And uh, my parents and my brother and my aunt who were with us all helped me to get settled in. And I still remember uh, wanting to stay on campus that night. I was just so excited to start my college career and my college days. So it was for that reason that a host of things began to happen, or at least the initial stages of what would later become a lifelong friendship, which would not start for another ooh, approximately 13 or 14 months. You heard about that on episode number 228. And if you did not happen to catch that one, I recommend you go back right now. Listen to that first Then come back to this episode, number 234, because the conversation that you're about to listen to just makes a whole lot more sense. The conversation is with my longtime friend, Bob Gilmore, whom I met on November 11th, 1978. In a very specific instance, in a very specific way, but it would take not one meeting, but two divine intersections in order for that friendship to really, really take root, which it did. And I am so, so grateful for that. So without further delay, I'm going to allow you to essentially eavesdrop on a personal conversation between me and Bob Gilmore about those days and about what makes our friendship so special he of course remember is the one who built my custom studio desk for my weather jazz studio that's where i am doing this program from right this very second so this program has added sparkle because of that and of course because today is september 3rd now this a particular episode was originally scheduled for last Friday, but I'm glad that we actually waited for today because it was 44 years ago on this date that my college career started in Londonville, Vermont. So without further delay, let's get into the conversation that I had with my longtime lifer friend, Bob Gilmore. Hey there, Bob. Glad to have you on Weather Jazz today.
1: This is great to be here and uh, great to be talking with you, Andre.
0: You know, a lot of people uh, have at least sampled episode number 228, which was Divine by Design, where I basically read the story from the extra mile on how we met and, uh, you know, I still can't believe that was over four decades ago, but um, I wanted to set things up so that people just really understood how special this friendship has been over those uh, four decades. I mean, we really adopted each other almost instantly.
1: Yeah, it's 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 amazing to think that it was so long ago, but we have been close like brothers uh, pretty much since then. And it's uh, it's been rewarding, and it, and it's wonderful. It really is.
0: Now, we obviously have something in common, and that first common thread really is the thing, is the glue that kind of keeps this whole ball of wax together. Or I guess I should say it's at the core, the center, because we've been building on it multiple layers, multiple level, levels ever since. But that first core was radio and we both hit it off talking about DXing uh, in in the studio when you came by that uh, that November day back in nineteen seventy eight and uh, you even have that show recorded uh, from a portable recording device a uh, portable uh, AM FM radio slash recorder. And boom uh, boxes, uh, they would call <laughs> the boom boxes. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. But uh, you know, that, that was the core. We started talking about uh, DXing. And in fact, you're the one I think that piqued my interest in ham radio because you were in ham radio. And I thought, wait a minute at the time, when you picked up the telephone, I mean, it cost an arm and a leg to call somebody else across the country. And I thought, wait a minute. If if I get into ham radio, we could talk to each other for free.
1: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we did, in fact. There was a couple times we, we did that.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And uh, we even did that in Morse code uh, because you helped me with, with Morse code and at the time you had to know Morse code. I don't think you have to know Morse code anymore if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah, they they took that requirement away, mm-hmm. but um, you know it was good to know that um, oh, yeah. I had oh, to yeah. take it, and and the fact that I know it and learned it, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, so so I have mixed feelings about that. Um, but I think that they wanted to try to keep the hobby going. So uh, and and a lot of people did have a mental block on learning Morse code. So I guess it's fine, and I think it's great. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it does keep the, the the hobby going. And I suppose anymore, and, and nowadays you have things like packet radio, which is more computer-oriented, uh, things of that nature. However, uh, I think one of the initial pushes for Morse code or learning Morse code is that it really cut through a lot of the interference. I mean, if if you couldn't establish a voice contact, you could use Morse code and it would cut through almost anything
1: yep you can hear those uh, dots and dashes uh, a lot easier than you could uh, uh, vocals so so they, it really it really was a, a great way to communicate in fact it's still one of the main ways that I use uh, when I do get active on ham radio although I haven't been too active in the last six months or so it's called summer. And uh, I hate to uh, sit in the shack and uh, do ham radio when there's so much summer um, to be had and summer (laughs) feels like it's short lived as it's as it will be coming to a close soon.
0: Oh, yeah. Here we are in September. This will air in September. So, I mean, it's the month of change, and pretty soon we'll be uh, kind of putting things away. But I don't think anybody wants to think about that quite yet. We still have some decent weather. September, October can be pretty decent. And um, one of the things, oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, because our families have gotten together uh, many times in mid-September, but we've we've done it in October, and I think we've even done it in December, uh, where we've all piled into a rented condo at Burke Mountain in Vermont, which is not far from where I went to college, now Northern Vermont University, but it used to be called Linden State College in Lindenville, and uh, our families, I mean, we rented this huge condo and everybody just piled in. It was an affair. It, it, and it's. I'm so glad that we have those memories and uh, maybe we'll get back to Vermont. But um, what were some of the fun things that you remember as um, we piled into those condos?
1: Well, waking up in the morning and having breakfast, um, your brother Denny would certainly uh, uh, cook up a storm with lots of bacon and eggs. Oh yeah,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then it was the outings. It was let's go, let's go up up one of the mountains or hike. Uh, we did plenty of that, um, and off to the you know, the special little country stores that that were around northern Vermont. It was it really was magical, mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. The memories are are so clear on on just the family gatherings. I remember one year it, you weren't there, but your brother was. We saw the northern lights in in a in a, such an enormous ray that the colors of reds, blues, yellows not I don't know about yellows but greens were all there. Hmm. And I just hmm. we we just stood there and enjoyed it. It was it was wonderful.
0: Yeah, I missed that one, but uh, I do remember many. Instances of uh, Northern Lights displays. In fact, um, a friend, uh, a colleague, a, a college classmate, Arthur Steinberg, uh, and I were going back and forth recently uh, on Facebook about a one tremendous display. And it was, as you mentioned it, almost every color in the rainbow and the entire uh, student body was just pulled outside and we're just looking up and going wow what is this um so We've had some really amazing, amazing things happen in northeast uh, northeast Vermont, and uh, as you mentioned, a lot of the the fun places we used to hike, uh, Mount Pisgah, Mount Hoare, Burke Mountain, the Toll Road, uh, Mount Lafayette, uh, and Mount Washington, just to name a few of some of those that, uh, that we climbed. In fact, I remember one instance, and I can't remember which mountain, maybe you do, but you thought, okay, I'm going to bring my portable ham radio with me. It looked like a walkie-talkie. Because from the top of the mountain, you could hit repeaters
1: all over the place. Do you
0: remember what mountain that was?
1: Uh, I do know that we went up uh, Burke Mountain and did that. In fact, I brought my my then ham radio, Yesu uh, 757GX2. And we made communications uh, with that from a picnic table on the top of the mountain. Right. I still have some yep. pictures of that someplace. Yep. I don't know if there was probably a couple of different mountains that, um, we were playing around with our handy talkies as we call them walkie talkies. So, um, and that's true with any mountain you get on the top of the mountain and you can hit anything and including Canada, which actually wasn't that far. I think it was only 23 nautical miles or something <laughs> like that. Mm-hmm. It's very close. Mm-hmm. Well,
0: well. Bob, uh, you continued in radio for quite some time. That was more of a hobby for you, and it still continues uh, as a hobby today. And I want to talk a little bit more about your retro radio program here in just a second. But take me through some of the radio stations that you have worked for, because uh, we reconnected when you were working the weekend shift at WWCO in Bridgeport. Connecticut.
1: Actually, actually, it's, it was licensed to Waterbury. So oh,
0: Waterbury, Waterbury. Okay.
1: Twelve forty WWCO, and uh, I'll never forget that moment when when I was listening to you do the forecast, and I heard the name, and I just, I just, my jaw dropped, and I realized I can't believe it. And mm-hmm. that's when we had our communication there of like, do you remember
0: who I was? And of course, you did. Oh yeah. It, it was a huge, yeah. At that moment, we thought, okay, this is just, this is way beyond just a coincidence. You know, this this is happening for a a real reason.
1: So it was uh, then then I would come up and visit you multiple times up at Linden State College on weekends and we'd mm-hmm. have the uh, the dances and the disco things uh, also with Nick Gregory. It was really a lot of fun and mm-hmm. and I can tell you I had a lot of great great times going up there and meeting other people and and even getting some of the food free out of the cafeteria.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> That's, that's, I, I look like
1: I could have been a student there too. So oh, absolutely, they didn't lose any okay. money. Oh
0: heavens, no, not at all. Uh, but t- take us through your radio um, uh, days. You you were at WWCO. Were you somewhere before then, or was that your first gig?
1: Um, there were a couple of hit and misses uh, that mm-hmm. I did for um, a college station in uh, Fairfield University in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Um, WVOF, I think that was 1976, and then I did a little bit of behind-the-scenes work for WNAB in Bridgeport, and then it would it would migrate to 1240 Super Music Co. in Waterbury, which is you know a, a top 40 format back in the day, and I still have recordings of that. Um, and then I, before I realized it, I was doing three radio stations in one day. I, it was one day I was on WNLK in Norwalk. W, uh, I gotta stop and remember everything. WJBX in Bridgeport, which was originally WNAB. They changed call letters when they were rebought. Um and then uh, WNNR, Winter Radio, in Hamden, New Haven. Wow. It was an oldies wow. format. So it was one morning I woke up and did mornings on one, middays on the other, and the evenings on the other. They oh, were all fill-ins wow. for someone wow. else. So that mm-hmm. only happened once ever in my life. But mm-hmm. I did do some part-time work for all three of those. For a few years, and then uh, there was a couple of years I didn't do too much, and then before I realized it, I was doing uh, uh, 16 years' worth of uh, work for Weeby 108, which is licensed to Westport, Connecticut, so that was uh, one of the big Southern Connecticut 50,000-watt stations, and uh, I did Sunday mornings there, and some Saturday fill-ins, and occasionally uh, afternoon drive during Mm -hmm. the week, so... It was a lot of fun, and and so that was the end of commercial radio, and I think that year was 2010, and then I've uh, uh, continuously uh, done some. Um, uh, Behind the scenes work. Oh, and I should add that I did uh, CJMQ in Sherbrooke, Quebec. In fact, you did a couple of uh, forecasts right. for that too. Right. That was right. so that that really was a real station, and I did it uh, remotely from my studio in the house. Um, and that was for a couple of years. On weekends, we did that with uh, Daniel and a whole bunch of others. So the, it's amazing what you can do with the internet. Oh yeah. And you were
0: still very much active because now you uh, do a handful of internet radio stations. You do something called Retro Playlist, I think is the, the name of it.
1: I've been doing retro playlist, I think, for roughly ten years, and it's distributed to ABC Oldies, which is in the UK, uh, mm-hmm. FM one hundred and eight, which is up in Canada, Mix one hundred and five in Indianapolis, and Hit Oldies, which is uh, part of uh, New England. So, it, but all of these are internet stations, so you can hear them any place you go. And I pick out a uh, you know a genre of that particular week for an hour you know uh, a week or so ago I did the 1978 the summer of 1978 and played all mm-hmm. the songs that I could find um and and actually I could have gone for on for hours and hours playing music because there were so much mon- so many songs to do
0: what's your favorite year what's your favorite year of songs uh, everybody has a favorite year or window do you have one
1: Um, I would say the years of 1977 through 83 or 84 are magical. Mm -hmm. I don't know Mm -hmm. why, um, because they're completely different. You know, the 1978 era was was a lot of more disco-like, Right. Um, but there were, right. I think, a lot of that has to do with memories, and mm-hmm. and a lot of the memories were, in fact, up in Lyndonville in Vermont and hanging out with you, and and in fact, uh, taking that trip down to Georgia when you worked at the Weather Channel. Right. Um, right. It was it was you know all of those things, uh, places are meaningful, and the songs that you heard on the radio back then bring back memories mm-hmm. of that. Um, yeah, they
0: do it. Yeah, I don't know why that happens, but, but it's a very powerful force. Um, in 1981, the summer of 1981 brings me back to my uh, very brief stint in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. And of course, you came out to visit me and you have some uh, uh, air checks from 1981 from Cedar Rapids.
1: I have a lot of air checks. I've, mm-hmm. I've been recording the radio since I was a kid and trading them on. I don't do so much trading now. In fact, I haven't really updated the website in years, bobgilmore.com. Mm-hmm. Um, but the listings of all my air checks, and I should say all of my air checks as of like 10 years ago, and I've acquired an awful lot of them since then, and I've recorded uh, quite a few of them on on you know trips that I've taken working out in Portland, Oregon, and uh, going on vacation in California. California, I would record these stations and I would tuck them away. And I still have everything from the 70s through today, and mm-hmm. and I archive these. I I, I do throw away uh, nowadays. You just delete them, but I do save some of the files and uh, and they're great to go back on. Such as you know, going back to the days in Cedar Rapids when you were there and recording the radio. It was it was so much fun.
0: Well, I would be remiss if I did not. Uh, at least uh, tell everyone and, and bring up the fact that you recently came out for a visit. But it was it, it was multifaceted in the sense that it, first of all, it was a great visit and, and a great time to connect. But you built you built for me a custom made desk for my new studio, Weather Jazz Studio, that fit. Absolutely perfect, like hand in glove, and it could not have done, it, it could not have been purchased anywhere because it was such a unique space.
1: Well, you were the one that came up with the dimensions, so all mm-hmm. I had to do was make what you wanted, and uh, and that's what I did. And, and and this isn't something I've ever done for a living either. It's it's mm-hmm. just something that seems like it's happened over the course of uh, the last five years or so in in my sort of retired life of in broadcasting. Mm-hmm. I, I still work as an outside contractor for for an aerospace uh, company, but. Um, so I've been building radio station studios uh, right. for a handful of facilities now. and and of course the the last one I did before yours was Felician University, and the facilities came out beautiful. And uh, building a desk for you was certainly um, uh, an honor actually. And uh, and I love the way it fit in there, and I love the way it looks, and I love the sound treatment you've done to your studio. I, it looks fa- fantastic. It's, it's getting wonderful. better and
0: better. Yeah, I'm slowly but surely getting the ceiling done now, which is a little trickier because you're up on a ladder and you're you're trying to make sure that everything looks straight. Um, and I'll post some pictures uh, on this episode here. Uh, a little bit later on, I'll talk to you more about where you can find that. But if you want to see the initial uh, design and and how that was put together, go to episode number 228. In fact, uh, I recommend you to listen to that episode if you haven't yet, because that will set up the stages, but... On the show notes, you'll see how it was put together, uh, which was an ingenious way of doing it because I was able to remove the top this week so that I could get to those certain spots on the ceiling without much um, fanfare or without much trouble. It was just easy peasy. Um, And, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And, of course, I had you uh, inscribe the bottom of it um, so that... uh, you know, in the years to come, when this desk gets passed on, perhaps to Noah, uh, he can remember the date it was made and uh, the, who it was that made that. And um, But the, the inscription is on there, too, on, on episode uh, number 228.
1: It is, yep. And something <laughs> I have always done with, with every project I have done, because I have built things for myself uh, for many years, mm-hmm. I've built studio. I have two studios in my house, in, in fact. Wow. And but I have built things for the studio, and I have taken them apart over the years, and I build something else new, and so I save a lot of this wood. And and occasionally, um, uh, I, I well, almost every project that I could think of, I grab a piece of wood from that, and I use a piece of that in every new project. That I do, and mm-hmm. it's in a place where it's not going to be seen, but it might be a support piece or something. And, mm-hmm. and of course, your desk has a piece of my history in it, and it was uh, one of my air check chests, uh, which holds um, thousands of cassette tapes. Wow. I rebuilt a new one, and mm-hmm. uh, so I saved I saved all the wood from that. And and one should do that because wood is so expensive. Um, and, uh, and I used a piece of that in there. By the way, I'll add another footnote. I had to go to one of the, uh, the box stores today to get some wood. And I was amazed to see that the price of wood actually went way down. And there's an overstock of it. So there you go.
0: Wow. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a good bit of news that you're telling us.
1: It is. New two by fours were somewhere between eight and ten dollars. And I think I paid three dollars and something for for two by fours. Oh wow. Wow. So so there is light at the end of the tunnel. Um there might be still still some lingering prices that are inflated, mm. but but the two by fours in fact were were a lot less. So there's some news for you. Wow. Yep. Well, after, after
0: uh, your, all of your radio stuff, which is uh, really, it's, it's a fun hobby. And yes, you, you made a kind of a mini career out of it. You also worked for uh, Sikorsky Helicopter. Uh, you worked for ESPN as an engineer. Uh, and you worked for ABC Television in New York City as an engineer. Uh, not necessarily in that order.
1: Yeah, I've had two completely absolutely completely different careers and not even mentioning the broadcasting on the mm-hmm. air part. Mm-hmm. That was always basically uh my part-time thing, but but I I did the aeronautical space uh, quality engineering for quite a number of years. In fact, 16 years. Um, and then I went into broadcasting for about another 16 years. And then if I carry on that to about like 20 years of my outside contracting of broadcast stuff because I've built a couple radio stations. In fact, I got to move a radio station uh, between uh, sometime in the next couple of months and the end of the year. It's up in Wyndham, New York. They lost their lease on on one of the places. It's WRIP. So I'm going to dismantle and rebuild the uh, whole radio, <laughs> radio station station now wait
0: a minute the, the the radio station is called wrip and they lost their lease may they rest in peace
1: where the studio is right <laughs> so they've got to move their studios to a new location mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. so i'm going to be involved in that whole process so that's going to be an interesting thing interesting and, build and-
0: is is there still <laughs> another build in the process uh, uh, down in the Gulf Coast, or is that one on hold, or you don't know where that one is yet?
1: Don't know where that one goes, okay. uh, mm-hmm. simply because they just they just had uh, their recent uh, hurricane. Um, so right. a lot of those That's people right. are rebuilding. I'm going to have to re- reach out to, to Jordan down there and, and find out what's going on with that. But uh, I certainly have plenty of things to do, so I'm not worried about that. Oh, So going back to the, my career, after I got out of uh, the aeronautical industry and working for Sikorsky Aircraft, I got snapped up by ABC in Manhattan and worked down there for nine years. Mm-hmm. And eventually working my way up to senior project engineer, and then I got stolen away from there to go to ESPN, which is actually under the same umbrella, which was Disney. Mm-hmm. And I worked there for seven years, um, kind of working in putting together studios and, um, you know, supporting the uplink systems. And, you know, the, the the list goes on. I have a long arm's length of, of things that uh, I did there. And then I got retired at age 55, you know, when when the the industry was, you know, going downhill a little bit. They had to get rid of high salaries and they had to get rid of, you know, people that were 55 and above and and like myself, I was eligible for retirement. So they actually gave me a retirement and uh, And then I went back into the aeronautical industry and and the quality engin- engineering mm-hmm. industry and that's what I'm doing today as an outside contractor and it's great. I love it um, and my hours are flexible um, I just healthcare is not covered so so I won't go into that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, in the time that we have uh, left, I, I want you to um, talk about your family because you have uh, two boys, one in college, one in high school. And you've got a beautiful wife, Suzanne, who is Swedish. And it is because that you and I remet that you met Suzanne years later.
1: Yeah so that's uh it's it's amazing how this whole thing kind of like in fact if I had never met you I never would have met her That's right And and right. when we when you called me up one day you were working uh in Minneapolis uh for channel eleven there and you said, Hey, we're gonna go to Iceland and do a, a you know a, a piece up there. Do you wanna go? And I oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I can remember going up there and having a great time with you guys and and uh meeting um AP uh that's the easiest way of saying it. Adipak is yep. his name. Yeah. And and then he thought I was from Minnesota. I said, no, 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 I'm, I'm from Connecticut. And he said, well, my wife is from Connecticut. So in, in making things short. Uh, I became good friends with, with him and his wife and his whole family and her whole family. And they basically sort of adopted me as well. And they said, you got to come back up to Iceland again. So I did. I went back in 1989. I brought up my ham radio, got my license uh, for there so that I can run. With, you know, My call sign is WD1M stroke Tango Fox, which was mm-hmm. uh, for Iceland. And I had so much fun in 1989, I wanted to go back and do it again in 1990, and I did. And on the way home, I was in the airport boarding the plane, and that's when um, Suzanne and her mom, Sonia, were in line. And and a, her mom actually was the chatterbox, and he, she was talking with me, and she thought I was Swedish, and I said, "No, no, I'm American." So um, I met I met both of them uh, traveling back to uh, New York, and I invited them to come up and visit. And in the in the short of it all, uh, we became really good friends, and over the course of years, she would end up being my wife. So, wow. and, and that is. 24 years now uh, and mm-hmm. we live here in Shelton, Connecticut I have two sons one of them I just dropped off at UConn for his uh, sophomore year it's really his first year because he was home with COVID last year mm-hmm. and, uh, and my other son is 17 in his uh, junior year mm-hmm. uh, going, going into his junior year uh, this fall. So there you go.
0: And if you'd like to see a picture of uh, of Suzanne, I'm going to post the same picture that is on the show notes of episode 228. And uh, let me check, because I think this is going to end up uh, being episode number 234 if I am not mistaken. I'm going to look it up right now while we're chatting uh, so that people can see those uh, photos uh, at their convenience. Okay, let's see. It is, um, yeah, this will be a, 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 yeah. episode 234. So I'll post that picture on 234. It's already there for 228, but I'll repost it so people can see it. And uh, that's a picture that we took when... Um, you came out uh, to um, to bring my desk, and we ate at a Thai place in Chesterland, Ohio. Mm-hmm.
1: Boy, it's, it's it's been an, uh, an incredible journey uh, through all the years of of knowing you, and and right to this point of today. It's uh, mm-hmm. it's it's really amazing. It really is,
0: and it continues uh, because both of us are brothers uh, in the Lord, brothers uh, in the faith, and that makes it makes it all that much more special uh, to have that connection and uh, to know that not only are we building something on this side of eternity but imagine what eternity for real is going to be like
1: absolutely mm-hmm. oh yeah it's it really is amazing so it's uh, yeah wow it's it's just uh it's rewarding Everything is rewarding about it. There's nothing bad about it. It's, it's, it's incredible.
0: I highly recommend friendships like this. And um, I often tell people that uh, really, I mean, when we talk about friends, it's easy to count your acquaintances or people that you're very, very lightly acquainted with. Uh, we use the term friends rather loosely, but when you really dig down deep, I can count on one hand uh, the number of people that truly not only know me, but know me so well. And even though they know me so, so well, they're still my friend, which is really amazing to me, Bob. Uh, but, but,
1: and that's likewise, by the way. Yeah, that, that oh, I, is. Yep, that is likewise on but one hand. We give each
0: other, yeah, we give each other lots of lots of grace and, and uh, but those friends that we know each other so deeply, uh, they're, you know, no more than a couple of fingers on one hand. And I don't you I really think that most everybody else is in that is in that place where you just developed some really special friendships with about two or three, no more than four people uh, that you journey through life with. And uh, boy, God has given me just a wonderful gift uh, uh, with with your friendship.
1: Yep, uh, likewise. And uh, it, it is quite a gift. It's a gift that you can't go by. It's, it's just, it it's, it's comes from the heart and it's for real.
0: What a wonderful treat for me to share our conversation together right here on Weather Jazz. Somebody that has been closer than a brother, the scripture says, and that's because it really is the truth. And as I mentioned before, our entire family has adopted his family and vice versa. It's been a wonderful, wonderful journey these last 43 years or so. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's episode, Open Line Friday. Help me to spread the word about this podcast inside your sphere of influence, social media, by email, word of mouth. That's my favorite, essentially, over the fence to the neighbor. Well, this program is made possible by a host of very special friends, and this is my opportunity to highlight them right now. They are Victoria Singer in Vermont, Kean Galunas in Vermont, in Ohio, Dale Osborne, Will Antonia Krauss, Christine Barnes, Rose Moore, In Florida, Bill Martin. And in Tennessee, Andrea Rich. And if you'd like to add your name to that list, it's very easy to become a supporter. All you have to do is go to weatherjazz.com and click on the supporter tab at the very top. And you will see all of the instructions to be added to the list of supporters that I highlight every Open Line Friday. Well, if you have a question or a topic suggestion... Or you simply want to say hello and let me know how it is you listen to Weather Jazz. Call me today on the Weather Jazz Podcast Audience Connect line 234 525 5888. You can also send me an email, weatherjazz at yahoo.com. And for those of you that would like to transcribe that later, simple, go to weatherjazz.com, click on the Contacts tab. At the top, and you'll have all of that information coming back at you. Well, this is Labor Day weekend. And weather-wise, at least in the Ohio Valley and Northeast, it's looking stellar generally. Enjoy. Enjoy. So as a result, I will not have a Weather Jazz release on Labor Day Monday, unless, of course, the weather dictates it and something big and special is going on. Otherwise, our family will be enjoying a Labor Day weekend together, and I certainly hope that you will be doing the very same thing. So we'll see you on Wednesday of next week, right here on Weather Jazz. Have a wonderful weekend, everybody. Weather
1: and science across the globe. Across the globe. Across the globe. The Weather Jazz Podcast.